Hello and welcome to Shrunker 99.94 Cricket Every Day. My name is Mark Machado from the Murray Ed and I'm joined as always by Estelle Vazi Devon from the Papare. Uh, Shrunker 99.94 is your new home for Sri Lanka content and will be dropping into your podcast feed on YouTube or the 99.94 app several times every week. So do please rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. Estelle, um, it's been like with the first and second editions, Jaffna have won the tournament again. Uh, um, what was you, kind of going into the tournament, me and you both suspected that they'll be the team to beat. Um, they didn't have it all their own way through the tournament. They lost the candy a couple of times, but when it really mattered, they got those wins, right? Were, were you expecting... <coughs> sorry. Were you expecting anything different or... <laughs> the outcome as as expected sorry guys i'm sneezing a little bit it's because i've, I've actually just landed in melbourne and um i have absolutely no idea what the time is and my head is just decompressing from from london colombo and melbourne but don't worry if you're listening at home and thinking oh no mark's sick i'm not i'm absolutely fine I'm, I'll, I'll be all right estelle give us your thoughts on the on that final today between uh jaffna and colombo yeah, you're right. We we kind of looked at the teams before the tournament and the thinking was that Jaffna would do well. And obviously, this time around, it seemed like all the squads are kind of more balanced. Uh, I would say I'd be really disappointed with the way Gaul and Damula performed. And rightly, they were the first two teams to be knocked out. J- Jaffna have a knack of winning the big games, don't they? And we saw that in the previous two seasons as well. When it was necessary, when they needed to step up, uh, they've done it. So in this tournament as well, Candy were the kind of the the team of the tournament after that league stage. They won every game except for one, um, and you know they looked like they would go all the way. Ended up not even making the final. So Jaffna, I think, just when it comes to those pressure situations and pressure games, the important times. That they just have kind of the experience as well as the type of players who can pull off. Yeah, it's uh, how often we see in these big franchise tournaments that the kind of pace setting team fall away at the final or the penultimate hurdle. We kind of saw that with Candy, right? Because Candy was superb for much of it, but then when it came to it, they couldn't get those um, those wins in in that they needed in the playoff and they eliminated to get to the final. They basically had two two shots at it and and messed it up. I always wonder, this is why I'm not a big fan of this whole, the top two can can still lose that first game and, and still have another chance to make it in. Because I think once you've lost that first game, once they lost Jaffna, they kind of lost momentum. And then you play against that Colombo side, which is full of, and we'll get onto this in a, a, a bit more, but it's full of players who uh, have a lot of experience and uh, can can really tighten the screws when when things aren't going right, and and they they just kind of came totally undone at that key moment, right? I disagree. I think it's a massive advantage uh, them finishing first and getting that qualifier plus eliminator because they had a second shot at it. If it was a semi final, if it was the semi final scenario where you lose the semi final and you're out, then they would have been out, right? But of course, like. You look at it, they would probably have faced Gold Gladiators because Gladiators finished fourth on the table. Um, 
at the end of the league say so maybe they would have had a better um, chance of making it through but i think this system is fair in the sense or like i mean candy can have no gripe about it because they had two opportunities to go through colombo had to play you know all out three days in a row um but they had an opportunity to kind of take stock of things and regroup and play the next game i think they were a bit unlucky against jaffna because it was a rain interrupted game and they didn't get like the full complement of overs um with the ball and they are of course a good bowling side so um they must have felt a little bit hard done by that but that's the weather right you can't control that i think i i'm i don't have a problem with the playoff system I, and i don't think candy should either because i think you know they had an advantage unfortunately they had two bad days in a row and you know had to go out can we talk about the final um 163 is what colombo made 163-5 i thought to me that looked like a decent score um they've rebuilt their innings after losing wickets at where, when kind of moments when you're going to crack on here and and get a big score um the the Kind of main run scores for them were Chandimal, Aslanka, and Ravi Bopara. I mean, Ravi Bopara is one of my favourite English scripters, and that's not because he owns a chicken shop locally to me. Um, but he, he's exciting to watch, and he's he's actually, you know, I think he's played in every edition of the of the Lanka Premier League. He scored lots of runs in the Lanka Premier League as well. They managed to keep the run uh, the strike rate quite high, um, and then Jaffer to come in. maintain the kind of strike rate that they need to to score those runs at, but are still kind of losing wickets but still manage to to just do what they need to do right it's i mean we've talked a lot about the Jaffin side but that, that that final win was actually quite extraordinary when you break it and you look at the actual figures right yeah and again i think we spoke about this the importance of having someone like goodbars at the top of the order I think he got something like 30 of 16 deliveries at the top and suddenly the equation when he was dismissed if I am not mistaken was something like 115 of 95 right so from 164 of 120 to bring the equation down already you're ahead of the game at that point and maybe the opposition is already thinking about you know losing the game so that's I think why he's such an important player to the jaffna side you look at the top run scorers he's probably not among the top 5 but just the impact he makes with his runs helps guys like avishka fernando come in there and you know take their time and kind of play that anchor role uh, avishka of course named player of the match yesterday but I think a lot of credit for that innings should be given to someone like gurbas i think they complement each other well because from gurvas's point of view he kind of knows that avishka is not going to give away his wicket that easily so he can go out there and go after the bowling and on the opposite end avishka knows that he can take his time a little bit so long as you know uh, gurbas is at the crease another guy sadir samaravikrams i'm really really happy that he was named player of the series because for once the player with the most runs wasn't given the award but they were actually looking at people who made a difference to their teams and played some match winning knocks and samaravikrama i think if you look at the entire tournament as a whole as a middle order batter 
he's had a, had such a massive impact if you look at run scorers list you don't see that many middle order batters in the LPL who have done well so that's a massive thing for him and for a guy coming in like i said i heard that he was told he's not being considered for limited overs cricket uh, by slc at the moment for a guy who has been told that to come and put in that kind of performance just incredible i was just looking through kind of his numbers last season he wa- he wasn't even picked in the draft last season right he was a late addition to the gold gladiator side then played just one game made a duck and here he comes in to jaffna and he's been of course his name play of the tournament but he's been such a massive like he, the impact he's had is so big because you don't expect a guy like him he's very much in the kind of dananjay de silva mold uh, type of batsman but the way he was able to score quickly i think was massive even yesterday's game just the the similar to gurbas he allowed avishka fernando to kind of take his time and stay at the crease because of the way he played so that's i think three key people in yesterday's win for um the jaffna kings um it it's uh, coming off the back of the world cup one of the criticisms was is that the strike rate for sri lanka for two million sri lankans batters was too low um the scores in almost every game apart apart from a couple of of exceptions were, were pretty high with high strike rates right um do we know have you heard anything if if this was you know something that people are trying to address if they they were like we want the players to score big we we we're overvaluing keeping our wicket at the moment we don't need to be doing that um or do we think this is something that just come out from the players naturally and they just thought to push on to the next level to to make that impact we need to um school school big runs quickly because i mean we talked about avishka there as a, as an anchor is it strikes me that shrunk is a, it, at the moment has probably about four or five players who can play that anchor role really well right yeah i think it's completely natural i'm not sure there was much of a uh kind of a push from definitely not sri lanka cricket but maybe it is it was definitely part of jaffna's plan i think to have Gurbas go after the bowling you saw him yesterday in the first over I- I'm not sure if you watched the game but uh or you were able to watch yesterday uh but if you watch it like from the first over onwards so so, so I did I did watch it I, I did I didn't watch it live and I didn't watch it legally but I have watched it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah how could you miss that final right it was exactly. a great game uh just that Kandambi's and the Jaffna management's plan seemed to be that one player sticks around and the other guy goes after the bowling and that's how it kind of worked out with uh, Gurbas and Avishka but I don't think there was ever an overall kind of push um towards that kind of that that enforcer style of play I think it just comes naturally to guys like Sadira Samaravikrama even Nuanindu Fernando I thought was very very impressive right throughout um so you're right like if you look at if you look at the sri lankan team there are so many openers available and it seems like all of them play that one kind of role which is why i think during the world cup we saw a little bit of a change in kusal mendis he did take on that kind of enforcer kind of role in both the asia cup and the and the world cup so i don't think they are at a stage where both 
batters go after the bowling like we see from teams like England. But, you know, at least one guy is definitely trying to, uh, you know, score at a higher pace now than rather than stay at the wicket and hold, hold uh, keep wickets in hand. And the, the other thing that we, that I think is so striking and it's something we've mentioned on this podcast before is how sophisticated some of the tactics are getting um, and how uh, resilient the teams are becoming, right? Because if you go back and look at domestic T20 cricket in Sri Lanka three, four seasons ago, or even the beginning of the LPL, once they start losing wickets, it seems to all quickly fall apart. But now we're seeing quite regularly that rebuilding of innings. We, we saw it with Jaffa win the win the title with rebuilding innings. They win the title with a with a bowler uh, scoring a boundary. Right, that was just shows that you know players are thinking about the skills that they need to play at the higher levels of off T Twenty cricket, and it's it's brilliant to see. I also want to talk about. Um, the, the management of, of Jaffna Kings because we've talked about how, you know, they've been the most consistent team. They've won it three years in a row, which is almost unheard of in any T20 tournament, right, around the world. But now you look at Kandambi, you look at Tistro Pereira and you think, these are guys who probably should be in, in given the opportunity. And I'm not just saying for the national side, I'm saying for other T20 franchises around the world to go and prove out that they can do that in other places, right? And I, I, for one, would love to see that. Yeah, I, I, I saw a tweet earlier today from Lasit Malinga mentioning that it is time for someone like Tina Kandambi to get an opportunity to join the national setup, which I thought is that's a huge endorsement, right? From a guy like Malinga, he's played around the world. He knows he he knows what he's talking about when it comes to T Twenty franchise cricket. So if he's endorsing someone like Kandambi, there's definitely something. To look at if you hadn't realized it already. I mean, he's he's won three LPLs as coach. He captained the Uvenex team in the OG, the original LPL, the SLPL back in 2012. So he's definitely got something going for him. And I think just even that the tactic of sending Binura Fernando in at that moment, I think in most games, Vyaskant would probably have come up ahead of him. But they realized that at that point they need a boundary in that over. Even Tikshana was sent in, I believe, with the kind of the license to just swing as hard as you can and get a boundary in those last two deliveries. Unfortunately, he was run out. But um, so that's the kind of, uh, I think, the 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 intent-focused play that Kandabi is pushing rather than uh, maybe, you know, give the strike to Tisar Pereira, let him get, the runs for you just your job is to run get him on strike you tell the bowler look you have nothing to lose uh go for a boundary those last two deliveries if it comes through then we are chasing a very small target in the last over and like chances are you're going to do it successfully right and that's exactly what we saw yesterday Binura Fernando I was thinking look this guy could hardly manage to finish his four overs, right? He was holding on to his side, his back. He he looked in really, uh, he looked in pain. But yeah, and they sent him in. You're thinking, oh gosh, how is he going to, how is he going to run? How is he going to kind of handle himself? But his job was get that boundary, that one boundary. And then, you know, match was basically won in that penalty went over. Um, Also, the other thing I just will say about Jaffna as a final thing is that everyone just looks like they're having a great time. Which I know sounds like flippant, and you know people say they're 
they are a group of young men who get paid to play cricket, something that you know everyone would love to do. But so, there's so many times you see, particularly in franchise cricket, you see players and you see teams and they just do not look like that. They go through the motions, right? Um, but everyone seems to be so well engaged with it. They all absolutely uh, seem to just love love it and they're all playing for each other. And, and you know, as you say, that maybe that Benura Fernando getting that... that um, four to finish the game is the ultimate example of it, right? He comes out, we know that he's not in the greatest um, shape and fitness in that moment, but he comes out and gets the job done because he wants to, he wants, he wants to do it for everyone. Right. Um, and then you see the way they celebrate social media, they, they will love it. And you know, this is why the Lanka Premier League is the greatest T20 franchise tournament in the world. Uh, Cause of the sheer passion involved in it and, and in the players. Right. Um, yeah. I, 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 th- I just think there's got to be people looking at Tilankan Dumby and just going, he he deserves a chance. But in the, um, like, I'll be honest, I don't think he's going to get an IPL. You know, he's, they're not going to let him manage an IPL team this season. But he should be looking, and I, I don't know how, how, how any of this works. I don't know if, if he's contracted to SLC, so I don't know if they'll let him do this. But I think he should be looking to try and, you know, go over and coach in the UAE or in. South Africa or Bangladesh with a hundred, um, or the you know, there's so many other franchise tournaments around the world that he could try and get involved in, and you you just look at that record and you think, yeah, he's he's got to try and push on. And, and Schlunker coaches are in vogue, right? The IPL, this you know, two two of the teams are head, headlined by, um, looked after by by admittedly Schlunker legends of the game, not just Schlunker legends of the game. But you know, people do give Schlunken or uh, former Schlunken players a chance. So I think his his time is is coming, and it's definitely if you're a Schlunken cricket fan, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets um, the national team job. But I do think it would be nice for him to go get experience elsewhere before he gets that job. Um, you know, just because different places have different cultures. You know, how quickly can he turn it around? Inevitably, he's going to get the Schlunken job. At a moment of there being some sort of crisis within the team, he's you know no one's ever going to leave the job in 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 a, in a good Sri Lanka place. cricket don't like local head coaches, do they? No. So I don't know how inevitable that is because they don't seem to like having a local coach as head coach for very long. So sh- sh- you know, surely, why though, not? Why not? Why not go in for a women's team? Matthew Motts had. Huge success, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, M- maybe, maybe. You want a World Cup? For- yeah, you yeah. know that could be the platform that Kandambi is looking like he needs because, like you said, it's it's unlikely that he's going to get a get the IPL. Um, I don't know what what he's focused on, whether focused on whether it's whether it's franchise leagues only or you know T Twenty cricket only or whatever. But you know why not look at some of the women's teams, not just Sri Lanka, but around the world. He's he's definitely we had like he has the the kind of the record to back him up. It's about, you know, familiarizing yourself with the women's game. Um, you know, and, and all the little little complexities that come with that. And maybe then there's an opportunity for further down down the line with one of the men's teams as well. Uh just kind of a thought because just looking at Matthew Mott, that that seems like a kind of that seems a pathway uh, for someone like Kandambi too. Well, is there is there do we do we know who the coach is taking the team to South Africa when the World Cup? 
the women's side to South Africa for the World Cup in February. I mean, what's Tillan Kandambi up to in February? Like, um, I heard South Africa's lovely that time of year. Uh, why don't they just give it to him and let him take him? Like, you know, they, what, what have we got to lose at this stage? Nothing. If they don't have a coach, let let him let him do it, right? Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that, but of course, it's it's also um, you know it's not the same as coaching a men's team, right? There's so many other little complexities involved in that, but yeah. But uh, it isn't. But ultimately, it's coaching is coaching, right? It's the same. It's the same game. It's the same rules. All right, the boundaries are slightly further in, but it's it's the same kind of tactics, right? Um, and the challenge of coaching is being able to go to different environments and to get them to perform. And as you say, maybe he follows that Matthew Mott route. Or hopefully, if he does win a World Cup, it's not with Australia or England. It's with... Um, it's with hopefully, Australia. it's not with England. My gosh. Right. It's <laughs> not too bad. Gosh, it could be worse. It could be Australia. Um, anyway, should we take a break there? Then we should talk about the standout players this tournament. Hi, I'm Nikesh Shragani, commentator and host of the India on 99.94 podcast. Several times each week, my co-host Sarah Waris and I will be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat. Whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami, KL Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join our conversation. Um, so Estelle, um, we're talking about the Lanka Premier League that's re- just concluded. Um, do do we want to give our 11s? Shall I let you go first? Yep, let's go for it. And then I will, um, I think the uh, way we'll do this, because I don't have mine written make down. Make one now. Yeah, I, I'll let you go <laughs> first and I'll tell you which ones I disagree with, basically. I think that's the way to okay. do it. Okay, yeah. okay. So uh, just before I name the 11, I will say I'm not very sure about <laughs> some of the picks, uh, but I think you'll agree with me on most. So I've got Gurbaz and Avishka opening the batting. Kamindu Mendes at three, Sadira Samaravikrama at four, and he will take the gloves. Then I've got Ravi Bopara, who I did not see myself picking, but I have in the end. Bopara at five, Nuanindu Fernando at six. I picked Tisara Pereira at seven, and he will, of course, be captain. Carlos Brathwaite at eight, uh, Vyaskant at nine, Kasun Rajita at 10, and Nuan Tushara at 11. So there's no space for uh, Asalanka or for Angelo Matthews. Both uh, were absolutely no. incredible. Or Andre Fletcher as well. He's the other one that I think deserves at least yeah, an honourable mention. Yeah, I think Andre, Andre Fletcher, yeah. So Andre Fletcher I considered, I think it would have been between Gurbaz and Fletcher for me. I just felt like just looking at his runs, he has 260-something runs. And 105 came in one innings, right? But you can argue that, okay, that's what why you pick him to get that big score. Uh, but I felt between him and Gurbaz that Gurbaz was definitely the better pick. 
Yeah, I think Gerbas kind of gets things going. Also, Gerbas is like, he's played in every edition, hasn't he? Actually, it's Andre Fletcher played in every edition. I can't remember. Um, but Gerbas. No, he hasn't. I think this was his first run. Oh, oh, maybe. Uh, Gerbas and Ravi Paparo seem to me as like the two most, when you think of uh, the foreign signings in the LPL, they're, they're the two that come to mind straight away. It's the same uh, Samit Patel wasn't involved this season as well. Um, I, I, I love Ravi Papara. And as I mentioned earlier, um, if you know, I, I'd consider giving him a shrunken passport and, and, and taking him on tour. No, I wouldn't really. We don't need him. There's enough other players, but um, he, he's about as the most shrunken player you'll ever get from from England, right? He plays in many ways just like a shrunken player or classical shrunken player does. Um, the other player who, who um, has impressed me a lot this tournament and I've seen him at quite a few franchise tournaments and he's never really he's never really lit it up I I think this has been the tournament that he's had his biggest impact for um has been Benny Howells uh where he's Mm. he's been quite consistent with bowling and he's also got runs as well um which which I know he's done sporadically Mm. but I think this is about as consistent as he seems to have have been um can you can you remind me of who your bowlers were again? Did you did you pick? So I've got Tushara, Rajita, Yaskant, Brathwaite, and between Tisara Pereira, Bopara, and Kamina Mendis, you get your fifth bowler. Ah, okay. So I'm not really sure about Kamindi Mendis as a as a bowling option, but um, I suppose that's the way. You, no, the, but he's he he's in my team basically on his. On his batting form, I thought he was excellent at number three for Candy. Yeah. Uh, but he, of course, offers that kind of one or two overs that he can bowl, um, you know, just if if the team needs him. Yeah. Um, I think he's one of those players who, as a number of other stroke players are, are going to do, is causing a headache for the selectors, right? Because coming, coming into this series, I think he looked well out of contention for any white ball, uh, yeah, for any white ball teams, and now I think he's, you know, if if we were picking a squad off the back of what we've seen, he's definitely put his hand up for it, right? Yeah, I think so. But also, I think Sri Lanka cricket will be a little bit. I personally, I don't think they should make all their decisions based on the LPL, uh, because obviously roles and you know. So many things are different from, you know, playing in a franchise league versus playing for the national team. So I don't think they should base all their decisions on the LPL and performances on the uh, at the LPL. But definitely, Kamindu is kind of a guy they have looked at in the past and he just doesn't seem to have gotten, you know, any, any impactful performances in. Maybe he's not... The, the problem here is, I think, is that and I saw a lot of you know team of the tournament kind of things and one of my biggest pet peeves is when people pick people who have scored runs in a particular position and then put them somewhere else right and I think Kamindu is one of those guys who has suffered as a result of something like that when he comes into national team because he's essentially coming in to plug a gap right he's coming in just to kind of uh, Sri Lanka cricket brings him in when somebody's injured or yeah. somebody's you know not available. So then he's there, not necessarily in the position that 
he would have made most of his runs domestically. So I think that has been a problem in the past. Here he was able to bat in the um, um, top order and he was then able to kind of, you know, make an impact. So I don't know whether those positions in Sri Lanka, in the Sri Lankan team are really open for him to kind of make a comeback in and make an impact in. But definitely I think guys like Samarvikrama and Mendis have probably got the selectors thinking again of them in the white ball setup. Uh, can we talk about players who, I don't want to say disappointed, but have maybe not had a great tournament as we were expecting. The two that come to mind straight away were Barnaka Rajapaksa and uh, Dustin Sharnaka. They were kind of expected to, to score big runs for, for their franchise um, and get down below all the way to the end. They were t- Those two didn't have great tournaments. Uh, Bardico is back being, after his heroics at the Asia Cup, he's back being quite a divisive figure for fans and social media. Um, for some reason, there's people debating on whether or not Dustin Charlica should still be white ball captain. Um, this is his performances this tournament have obviously fed the doubters. Um, yeah, it's it's not it's not been great for either of those two, right? I think Dasun Shanaka didn't have as bad a tournament with like the bat as you would think just looking at Dambula's performances. It's just that <laughs> they really sucked during the tournament, didn't they? They were yeah. terrible, I think. Yeah, apart from Jordan Cox, uh, Batting really didn't get going. Sharnaka was able to put in a few good... And at number six, I don't know like whether you can expect 50s and you know 60s and those kind of knocks, right? Essentially, their role is to finish the game. Ideally, they should be coming into bat with six, seven overs to go or maybe you know less than six to seven overs to go. But that wasn't the case with Dambula. He was always coming up um, around the you know eight, ten, eight to ten over mark. Uh, so I don't I don't know if he had a really bad tournament with the bat, but certainly as a captain and for a, leading a team like that, overall it was it like you said it kind of it didn't help his cause as staying on um, as Sri Lanka captain. Banakarajapaksha, I think. See the thing with him is if you look at his career overall, he's had some really big highs, right? But in between those highs, he's also had really ordinary, you know, performances. Just the type of dismissals, the type of innings he's played. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people still question his his inclusion. Of course, there have been a lot of off-the-field um, issues as well. But if you look at his performances, you have some really, like the Asia Cup final, his knock was just an incredible knock, right? And then you have performances where you can't figure out what he was trying to do in in that game, in that situation. So he'll be really disappointed. I hear he's not available for the ODI series against India as well. I don't, uh, we don't know for sure because we haven't gotten the squads yet. But um, to me, that's disappointing with the World Cup coming up. Um, I don't know what his reasons are if he has made himself unavailable. But that's disappointing and you don't want to kind of see... um, uh, that kind of thing from one of your senior players. And when he's not performing in domestic leagues and he's not performing in T20 cricket, then the pressure on him is just mounting, right? Because you have to keep uh, 
you have to keep your name you have to pe- keep people talking about you that that's also part of uh the trick how things work right with selection and stuff like that yeah it, it's he did put that statement out talking about not playing odi cricket um just after the world cup when they were picking the the squad for afghanistan right but then he did and he said he was taking a break but then he did go away and play so in the t10 and now he's obviously played the lpl the statement talked about mental health i don't want to belittle someone's mental health but um the the message is slight i i think is slightly confused of what he's trying to trying to tell us and i'm sure he's got his own reasons why he doesn't want to play um ODI cricket and I'm sure we'll in time it will all come out like these things always do right um shall we take a quick break um and let's look ahead let's talk about two things when we get back let's talk about the IPL draft which didn't go particularly well for any shrunkards and uh, let's look ahead to the to the squad that might get selected to for India as well I'm Jared Kimber and I host two podcasts on 99.94. Red Inca, which is chats on trends and stories within the game with a weekly Q&A where I can be asked about anything from a time-travelling Don Bradman to which cricket ground serves the best food. And Double Century, I look at the historical stories that make cricket what it is today. You can search for either of them in your favourite podcast platform or on the 99.94 DM app. Um, so, Estelle, let's talk about the IPL draft first. I was, we, firstly, we should mention that there is a number of Schlunkers already retained, and there's four Schlunkers, is it four or five, already retained by various IPL teams, um, in, you know, including Paterana, who, who barely gets a mention in when we, where, uh, when we talk about the squad. I don't think he played any LPL games, did he? Um, so, no, you he's, know. I think, still recovering from injury, so... That's the reason why he 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 didn't feature in the LPL. Yeah, um, so you know there will be Shlunkens featuring in in the IPL, but I was definitely expecting one or two to get picked up in the in the draft that we had in the last. I'm going to say last few hours because I don't know what the time is. I don't know what day it is. All I know is it's not Christmas Day yet when we recorded. It was this. yesterday, Mark. Yesterday. Yesterday. Um, there you go. <laughs> um how how what what are your thoughts on it because i thought chimera should probably deserves another go i thought it was really great for luck and how last year but maybe it's just the fact that he hasn't played much the last few months and i think again that's what hampered dilshan madishanka's chances of getting a a, a contract is that lack of fitness and I'm still a little bit surprised that none of our other bat- batters didn't get picked up as well. I think um, Mendes and Nisanko and Aslanka could probably be a little bit, um, probably feel a little bit unlucky not to have got picked up, right? Uh, just looking at the names that were put up for the mini draft, I felt like, yeah, like the two you mentioned, Chamira and Madhushanka seemed like the kind of the best bets if you think about the IPL franchises and what they're looking for. Uh, Lahiru Kumar is another for me. But I think all three, definitely the first two, it ha- it's probably to do with injury and that truthfully, like Dilshan Madhushanka, we've only seen him in the Asia Cup, right? Yeah. We haven't seen him beyond that. That's, that's the only tournament he's played 
like the full tournament off so far. Didn't even feature for Jeff Nine too many games during the LPL. So I think it's fair that uh, he hasn't been picked up. Chamira, I thought, was a bit unlucky. I thought he had a good season last time. And, you know, he is definitely a value addition, particularly even with the bat coming lower down um, in the batting order. But I don't really think any of the others can, you know, have too many gripes about it. I think if Chamika Karnaratna had a good World Cup, he would have been picked up. He Unfortunately, he didn't. He, he had a terrible time. Uh, we spoke about Mendes Nisanka. I think it's very tough to break into an IPL side as an opener because that's where they are looking to kind of slot in their uh, local players. Um, so tough to get in there. And I also think that someone like Shanaka could be a really valuable buy. But again, he hasn't shown uh, any kind of form in the last couple of months. So I think uh, there are a few promising names in there. But unfortunately, like they haven't put in any huge performances of late to kind of you know make them a must buy. I think if you're batting, you've just got to be consistent, right? That's why I think, in a way, if you look at like the Sunka and, and Aslanka, in a way, they're, they're the two that have got the hardest job to try and get a contract, right? Because they're the two players that domestically India produce the most of. Um, but the reason why I think they they might at some stage be in contention, just their their sheer consistency, right? And I think you look at someone like Sharnaka, he needs to have those. He needs to just be consistently getting those massive knocks. He needs to be going into the LPL and being the top run scorer by quite a distance, um, I think, at this stage of his career to to be able to to get in, right? It's um just because the competition for for batting is seems to be just a lot more fit than there is for the bowlers, right? And and hopefully, you know, obviously I don't wish ill upon any any players, but you know, there will be injuries, there will be players who who aren't able to get to the tournament. And that's when maybe some of these other players might find some of the other strunken players might find themselves with an opportunity for for the big money off off the IPL and to go and work with you know in in, in new other setups and and learn different skill sets. Because so I definitely think if you look at the players who've been there, the shrunken players who've been there, that they've all improved dramatically while while they've while they've been involved in in the IPL. So if we can get as many players involved in the IPL, not just the IPL, but the other franchise tournaments around the world, then I think we're, we're, we're onto a winner. Um, let's talk about this India series. There is a squad that's kicking around the internet at the moment. I'm not sure how official that is or unofficial that is. Charmaka's back in it. Um, there is some debate online about whether on what role, if any, uh, Dinesh Chandamal and Angelo Matthews should have, considering their performances in the LPL and also um, the fact that at the end of this year, potentially there is a ODI World Cup for Sri Lanka to play in and they bring a wealth of experience, in, in particularly in that format. What do you think, Estelle? Do you think we should be looking to bring in, bring 
I say bring back. I mean, Chandamal's been in and out of squads all year. Angelo Matthews hasn't featured in a in a white ball series since I think 2019, since the last ODI World Cup. Um, do you think it's right for those two to to have a have a role? And if they're going down that route, what about Dissera Pereira? I know he's officially retired. I'm sure you can talk him out of it if it comes to uh, donning the the national team jersey once again. Because I mean. Of all the kind of senior players, he's the one that's won the LPL three times and, and has been, by all accounts, absolutely uh, pivotal in bringing so many youngsters through in, at Jaffna. Yeah, just on Chandimal and Matthews, right? I think, look, when Pramodi Vikramasinghe came in as uh, chairman of selectors and they made that call to leave out all the seniors and, you know, go ahead with the youth, like a youth-centric plan. I thought it was brilliant. I think I was one of the few who did at that point because it meant seeing guys like Dimut Karnaratna, you know, dropped off from the ODI squad. But I felt like it was a positive thing because Sri Lanka always, what, what they always do is basically a year before or six, seven months before the tournament, they're still figuring out how they want to line up, right? And you don't see that in a lot of the major, like the teams that are successful at tournaments, one year before the tournament, they basically have the the like 15 to 20 who they know and they have six to seven slots in their team, maybe more, uh, kind of decided. But Sri Lanka hardly ever does, right? Just thinking back to 2019, that squad was insane. It had Militna Sirivadhani, it had Jeevan Mendes in it. Uh, Jeffrey Vandese was in it, didn't, I mean, played just one game. Hasaranga was in the standbys. Uh, and that's because there was no proper planning. And what Sri Lanka cricket at that point should have done at, at the end of that tournament was maybe scrap everything and start from square one, building towards the 2023 World Cup, because that is the World Cup that Sri Lanka has the best chance of winning, Right. It's in conditions we are familiar with um, and where our players would be most comfortable in, right? But they didn't do that. And now again, 10 months out from the World Cup, we're still trying to figure things out. I think they need to decide. Hold on, hold on. I I, I think if Promodia stays on, yeah. I I I think that's slightly unfair. I don't think that they're trying to figure things out. I think that the, the rough template that was set with the youth reset is still roughly there because it's it's essentially it's kind of worked. Um, and I think the question is, is do they need to sprinkle some of the older players in? And by sprinkle, I mean, I, I picked up... Salt three, and pepper. Yeah, I, I picked three there. I'm not sure all three make it. But I also look at the LPL and I look at and I go, well, Matthews and, Pereira, and Tisha Pereira and Chandamal were, were were bigger standouts than three of the at least three of the the other players that they could potentially replace, and I think that's what the the selection is, right? I also think because I I, th- I think one of the problems with with the team is is that some players have a very defined role in the side especially when it comes to batting and, and other players 
don't and other players, some of the players tend to get lost. We talked about, you know, essentially, I suppose one of the d- discussions could be, do you drop Bardica and do you tr- uh, drop Sharnica and replace it with Matthews and Pereira, right? I'm not saying that's a good idea, I'm, but I'm, I'm, you look at the LPL and that, that feels like a no-brainer, right? Decision to, to, to make on, on kind of current form. Um, but I'm not saying, you know, stop and restart everything. I'm saying, do you bring one? I don't think there's no situation where I don't think all three. Yeah, but of that's essentially re- going back to what they were doing, right? So that's 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 what I was trying to say was that they need to, if they want to go back on the youth only policy, then yes, maybe you look at someone like Angelo Matthews uh, or Dinesh Andimal. My issue is. He seems to be opening the batting and there's obviously no place for him at the top of the order. Not right now, at least. So then what is his role? But Matthews does bat in a position where Sri Lanka has kind of not been stable. So there may be an opening for him. But it all depends on what kind of, uh, what your outlook is or what, what your plan is going forward. Because I again think that if, 2023 is coming up and you're not prepared, then maybe you look at the next tournament, right? Because what we always do is we go back to the old players, oh, they've done this before, let's give them another opportunity. Uh, Instead of maybe trying to build a team that can one day win a World Cup, maybe not this World Cup, but the next World Cup, which is what I thought England did back in was it 2014, 2015? Yeah, 2015, right? Uh, 2014, Alistair Cook's last series was a seven-match series in Sri Lanka. Uh, and England was terrible and I loved it because I went to watch the games. They were, you know, completely outplayed. Mahilan, Sagakara, Dilshan, everyone's playing, right? But what they did was they went into that World Cup, they completely outplayed, they got knocked out in the first round. But by then, they were already putting the kind of the the plans in place for the next World Cup. That's what Sri Lanka does not do. They don't plan ahead and the coaches have two years with the team and then they're, you know, uh, told that they're done. So what I feel is personally, I think Matthews is one of the best players Sri Lanka has ever produced. But unless he's bowling, um, I'm not sure that he fits into that side at the moment because I much prefer a team that we can see moving forward a couple of years, um, then maybe just a team for the tournament and then you're done. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'd love to see one of Matthews and Pereira picked. Um, and if both of them were picked, I don't know, I, I can't remember how big the squads are allowed to be for an ODI World Cup. I think it's 20, is it? Then <laughs> I don't think that's the the worst thing. Um and I I kind of feel like the last few years since since Durham, I do think that they've kind of definitely in T twenty that they've kind of got a a plan. I mean, it, it it's it's maybe not panned out at, at the World Cup the way it was meant to, but it definitely panned out the Asia Cup the way it, the way it did. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could possibly argue that they plucked out Dilshan Madishanka from absolutely from from nowhere. And he comes with the, he's basically the star of the Asia Cup for for SL, right? And 
yeah, it's it's interesting because I don't think there's a situation where Matthews is ever going to be able to be able to bowl ten overs in the game. Probably unlikely to bowl less more than about three three overs in a in a game, right? Yeah, he didn't so, bowl for Colombo either, yeah, did he? No. Which I think signaled kind of maybe that he's not also looking at or he's not expecting a recall because I think that's one of the things that Sri Lanka could may have kind of told him is that he needs to be bowling if he wants to make it into the 11. And he, he didn't, despite being the captain, he didn't bowl. So I don't know whether he's carrying an eagle. We don't know. Uh, but yeah. I, I just think that the, the the great loss for Sri Lanka cricket in the last 10 years has been Angelo Matthews' hamstrings, right? Because if he, if he was the all-rounder, if he developed, into, not developed, and I don't mean this, this is no way a slur to, to Angelo Matthews, but injuries have hampered his bowling, right? That's what's, if you go back and you, you watch his spells when he first broke into the team, you're like, wow, he's going to, um, he could be one of the absolute yeah. great all-rounders. And because injuries took, took his ability to bowl away from him, um, we were, sadly, he, he was, bowling-wise at least, he was able unable to fulfil that potential. So, um it's it's a real it's a real shame, and I think if you if you if you pick him, you're picking him for his leadership abilities and for his batting abilities. I don't think you might get the odd over here or there if, if suddenly you can't figure out who's going to bowl the twenty eighth over, then then give him the ball. But I don't think he's really a a bowling option. Anyway, this is Sri Lanka. There'll be one wicketkeeper, and everyone else will be able to bowl spin, so it's it's fine. Um, Estelle, let, let's leave it there. Before we do, though, should we read some of the comments? Because I did put a tweet out several hours before we recorded um, asking people to, you know, who should get a mention. I think we've just about mentioned everyone um, who, mm-hmm. all the players. There was one message I didn't understand. It was from Nathan, who said, it was a sad tournament overall didn't showcase anyone competent to play the big league, which was clear when no one got selected in the IPL auction. Uh, Viacant and Sidera are the only players worthy of mention. Hopefully, Lanka keeps politics away and chooses them for the national team. Um, I think I, I I was kind of perplexed by that. I don't. I, th- I think we're almost at a stage in almost. I'm not saying 100 percent. In Sri, Lanka, in Sri Lankan cricket where there's so much conversation around it now and so much of it is televised and is able to view that if you put performances in, you will become part of the social conversation about getting selected for the national side. And maybe maybe I'm being too optimistic and I think there comes a point where you, if you're good enough, you will get selected. I think in a way, that's how Bayer came back into the side because you just create this conversation around him uh, about why he wasn't being being selected. I do think, though, in terms of spinners coming into the side, I mean, Sri Lanka's two best players in the last 12 months have been Hasarang and, and Tinkshana. So it's going to be difficult to break through for, for a young spinner. You've got to be really special and you've got to be consistently special. Yeah, and they had good LPLs as well, right? Uh, sure, they, they probably didn't make your team of the tournament, but both Tikshana and Hasaranga both had really good tournaments overall. Uh, I mean, you're, if you're judging by the fact that Hasaranga was top, we could take a last time around. Yeah, sure, he, he didn't perform. But uh, I think overall, both of them had good tournaments. 
just on being picked for the IPL also, it, to me, it's not really how good you are, right? It's about in a particular squad, what roles they have vacant. And if so, if you have a leg spinning all rounder already, you're not picking one in the Hasaranga because you're not going to play two leg spinning all round. You're unlikely to play two leg spinning all rounders. Similarly, like if you had four top, or, if you had four openers in your squad, you're not looking at Kusal Mendes or Patumne Sankar. Even, even if they've had the best you know, years of their life, they've, they've top scored globally, uh, you're not going to look at them, right? Because if you already have those options in your squad. So it, I wouldn't say not being picked in the IPL is necessarily a, a kind of a benchmark. It's just if you can offer something that a team is looking for, then I think that you will be picked. Because unless you're like Hasaranga, right? Hasaranga obviously has kind of been amongst the top three to four spinners in the world in the last couple of years. So it's hard to look past him. Um, Tikshana of uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Tikshana and um, uh, some of why can't I remember his name? Pathirana. <laughs> Tikshana offers something special, right? Yeah, Pathirana. Yeah, both of them offer something unique, right? So I don't think it's like you can't say or you shouldn't be saying that. Okay, you know, uh, be a uh, this guy isn't Lahiru Kumara isn't a good bowler because he didn't get picked for the IPL. It's just that there are certain things that those franchises are looking for uh, that they want. And you know, when you see, I know when you see guys like Kane, Kane Williamson being picked, you think, "How is this happening?" But he's been consistent in the IPL, right? In the in the past seasons, he's obviously his his value has gone down, but he's been consistent. So. I'm not sure I agree it's, with it's, you, Nathan, but it's like I don't get, understand what you're coming. Get, getting picked coming for from. the IPL, it's you just being good enough isn't the only criteria, right? You've got to expect the team, a team, to need your specific skill set, and then them to have a space for a foreign player as well. Maybe SLC should get onto the phone to yeah, and be available for the whole tournament. That's another thing, right? Yeah, maybe SLC should get on the phone to the BCCI and be like, can we have a special rule where every team is allowed one shrunken player on top of their foreigners as well? Just because obviously Perfect. there's a special relationship between shrunken cricket and Indian <laughs> cricket as well. Um, I, I Just on that, I'd also like to see more shrunken players play, play in the PSL because it's it's um, it's interesting to me how many England English players have played in the PSL and are now moving on to play in the IPL. I think it's one of those, it's just, it's a league that people from the IPL spend a lot of time looking at as well um, and clearly and it sets players up nicely to go to, to move to other to other leagues um, but let, let's let see what happens with um, more Sri Lankan players playing franchise cricket right Estelle let's leave it over there firstly I should say if you do celebrate Merry Christmas um, I'm, I think this this episode may end up going out on Christmas Day, which um, you know, if you if you're eating your turkey, however you you celebrate, hopefully you uh, are listening to a bit of our LPL final review. 
Thank you for listening to Sri Lanka at 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast and tell all your friends and family about us. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark Machado and Estelle is at Estelle underscore Vazu Dev 1, as in the number one. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way.